intention and prayer to be an open and structured channel for unconditional love in the way that is authentic for this incarnation of the divine that is Rosie. Welcome back for episode three. Um, this episode will be centered around the topic of emotional charge. Noticing emotional charge, creating more harmonious emotional charge, and dispelling or letting go of emotional charges that are at frequencies that uh, are, are no longer serving us, are, are not what we desire, is not what we feel is true for ourselves. And the irony of this for me in this moment is that I already recorded this podcast. Um, at least I, I meant to, and I thought I did, and uh, the, the version did not come out. And it was really beautiful. I mean, this just, I felt phenomenal after, so like on point and centered during the experience. <laughs> And uh, and I didn't have that. It 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 I, the the birthing pain pain saw it to you know that that became a part of my birthing pain for this episode was the uh, thinking that I understood that I had it that I had finished and realizing oh there's more to go, which is such a common part of any birthing process. Yeah creative process, the the birthing of the, the, the experience of parenthood is a, is a constant refining of, of what we what we know, what we trust, what we understand. So as I'm now sitting and recording this episode and in a much different context, so, so this morning when I recorded this episode, I was with myself, uh, recording on my phone in a park, which is how I've been recording, how I've recorded the two other episodes for this series so far. Uh, now I'm sitting with with something I can, well, with, with a, a professional setup uh, in my home with my very dear friend who has offered to uh, to serve as an engineer for me for this venture, for this project. Uh, super, super heartfelt shout out to my dear, dear friend, Wayne, who I love so much and have really enjoyed over the years um, the the back and forth of our creative projects and and inspiring each other and um, pulling newness out of each other. Wayne B, that's his artist name. Check out his music, if if you will. So I'm in this position now where I feel a different emotional charge around this episode uh, in which I'm contemplating, discussing, reflecting on emotional charge. 
and that offers me a lot of irony and I love irony because I love, 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 love laughing. Uh, and, and irony to me is uh, in pretty much every facet can be found in every facet of the human experience. And it, it lights me up. I, I very much enjoy the synchronicity that is alive in, in irony. So I'm feeling a different emotional charge now. I'm feeling, uh, you know, it, I'm feeling a little less centered, a little m fuller than I than I did this morning when I recorded this episode, uh, or perhaps I'll, I'll say the same amount of centered, just with more things I've I've had I've I've experienced today and. And there's been a lot of wonderful experiences today that have left impressions on me uh, for me to learn to be with. So I'm noticing, I'm noticing in my body, there's an inclination to, to act, to move, to do more so than I was experiencing this morning. Yeah. One reason that I love recording podcasts, the one reason I love creating in the morning is that I feel so fresh. I feel typically more able to be very present with the process and allow it to unfold as it as it wills and to be a, a conduit for whatever is wanting to be to be channeled, to be created uh, through the intentions that I've set. So there's a little bit of, you know, background for my day and how I'm coming at this. And what and what is emotional charge? Uh, what can we notice about emotional charge? I'll start with some more more general ideas and then narrow into the nuance. That emotional charge most obviously is is often noticed through intensity a shift in intensity, a shift in temperature, maybe a shift in pace. Colors can be associated with emotional charge. I found that in the practice of noticing when one is experiencing emotional charge that there are two umbrellas of experience that are, are helpful to use to 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 as vehicles for greater clarity yeah. one of them is the experience of noticing feeling out of control per se so the moments when uh, when i'm feeling uh, like my emotions are too big for me to manage uh, or or that they're interfering in my life some something to the extent of this is this is beyond what I can stay on top of. Because there's a difference here when riding the wave of emotional charge. There's a difference between riding the wave and crashing in the wave and being swept up under the wave. Uh, and there's, there's everything in between. There's all varieties. <laughs> um, sometimes we, we're riding the wave uh, really well. Sometimes we are being swept up and tumbled beneath it and we, we have no idea. Um, 
sometimes for me recently I've had I've had many intense experiences where I, I felt the emotional waves crashing and crashing and crashing and I'm I'm doing my best to just like come up for a breath of air between them while still allowing them to, to move and to, to shift. So for the word emotion, we can think about energy in motion. Emotions want to shift. They want to move. It's, it's uh, like, like I've said, it's one of the reasons why somatic therapies are so beneficial for so many people because they allow that energy, that stored emotional energy in the body to shift and to move, which it wants to. Um, the only reason that any of us are, are holding on to these stored emotions, uh, to these old, to these, these patterns of frequency that are outdated, that we were taught, that we were conditioned into, that are, are not actually moving us towards what we want, um, is because there is a resistance to, to feeling them, to confronting them, to accepting them fully, and then allowing them to move of their own accord. The emotions want to move. They do. That's their nature. Uh, very feminine in that way. And in order to allow them to move, uh, especially if we're new to the process of noticing emotions, practicing body awareness, uh, practicing like the nuances of emotional awareness, in order to allow these components to move, uh, we, we, it requires a practice of actually being present with them, of getting to know them, of understanding how they operate so that we can can manage them more effectively, can nurture them more effectively, and let them know, I see you and it's safe for you to go. <laughs> and some of some level of that is, it's safe for you to go at your own pace. And some level of that is, allowing the emotion to leave as as quickly as it may want to. Um, I found that that healing can't be rushed, but we can make more space for it more quickly. So this other so okay so two large umbrellas of how we experience emotional energy. So so one is that unresolved emotions will often pop up in ways that we feel out of control, out of control of. The other is unresolved emotions will often pop up uh, when we're will show themselves when we're feeling numb, when we are not feeling anything, or, or when our feeling is muted. So having the experience uh so and when i say muted i mean like well, yeah i'm feeling but i it's like repressed like i'm not um i'm not as alive as i i feel i can be or i know i am sometimes and so these two like the, these poles of feeling like out of control like the emotions are so big um that they that that they're interfering in a way that we don't want uh, and and they become a nuisance uh, per se or, or they can seem like that. And then the other pole of almost not feeling anything. Feeling like a shadow um, of, of the thriving, passionate, joyful, loving self that, that we can all be. 
if you're new to this practice, noticing areas of your life in which you're feeling out of control or numb and or numb. And, and sometimes these occur at the same time. It's a, a really beautiful dialectic. So a dialectic is holding two seemingly opposing truths as equal. So for example, um, I, I'm laying in bed and I feel depressed and anxious and I don't want to do anything and I, I just would like to lay in bed for the rest of my life. And I also feel uh, desire to get up and go, uh, you know, make breakfast with my roommates. Those two experiences can be occurring simultaneously and it offers a really significant relief for the mind when we can honor that multiple emotions can be experienced simultaneously. The mind tends to be very black and white, uh, very much wanting to compartmentalize things like figure them out and, and put them away, take action and very action oriented. Um, and the heart is, is much more nuanced than that. That's not, that's not how emotions work at all. We can experience a whole variety of things at the same time. And when we employ thought processes and words that allow us to understand that, it provides a relief to the mind that says, oh, this is, this is okay. This is actually normal. This is normal and natural for me to experience this kind of nuance. And it gives us greater permission to dig deeper into the nuance in order to understand ourselves better, know ourselves better, make more conscious choices and lead lives that we desire. This practice of noticing and naming specific emotions is, is one, it, for me, it's been a crucial key to unfolding myself to the process of self-discovery, self-actualization, this esoteric journey that is a, a journey that, that I go on inside that is not, that reflects in my external life, but that uh, I, relies on a map that is my internal, internal world uh, and, and operates on a compass that is my internal compass. The parts of me that are, so, so for me, getting in touch with that map, getting in touch with that compass, or getting in touch with what is of, of me, of this, this divine individual incarnation of Rose, that is most, most similar in nature to the macrocosmic divine. And noticing our emotional states, parsing them out, uh, learning to love all of them, to offer love to them, is one is 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 uh, such an empowering, empowering, connecting. Really, I mean, beautiful for connecting with people. Uh, building block in that process of self discovery, we can only meet each other as deeply as we've met ourselves. So I'm only going to be able to with awareness and intelligence and wisdom interact with someone else who's, for example, experiencing anger to the degree that I have learned about my own anger. And this is one of the things I love about emotions is that while we, while we have, everyone has different experiences, unique experiences 
that they associate with their emotions. Uh, some more similar to others, but all unique. Yet, the emotion is the same. I know what it's like to feel angry. I know what it's like to feel happy. I know what it's like to feel peaceful. I know what it's like to feel resilient. And so do you. And even just noticing, so noticing as I say those emotion words, what does that elicit from you? Noticing where you can feel it in your body. Before we go more into that somatic experiencing, um, I do want to emphasize the value that naming emotions can be. And I've noticed, I've, I often notice a reluctance in people to name their emotional state. Um, I, I notice this in a variety of ways. For example, uh, when we ask someone how they how they are, and well, I so so personally, I I enjoy asking not, and I don't do this always. There's not always space for it in the in the context of the conversation, and I do really enjoy asking people how are you feeling today instead of how are you today because I'm I'm always really curious about people's emotional state. And for me, I've spent a lot of time asking myself, how am I feeling in this moment? Uh, and, and found it wildly helpful for, for navigating life. Uh, and so I've noticed, even when I ask that question, how are you feeling today? I very rarely get a different answer than what someone might have given if I said, how are you today? Um, and when I've kind of poked further at a lot of people um, wanting to know more about their emotional state, I find that, I find that for, in my experience, uh, at, at least my experience outside of, of therapy related activities is that most people don't have a great vocabulary to describe their emotional states. Uh, so I, I, I highly recommend that if you, well, I, I mean, just maybe start out with a simple practice. So, um, like I'm, I'm just, I'll, I'll see how far I can go. I'm not, you know, this isn't going to be a comprehensive list, but, and, and I, I encourage you to, to do this practice as well. Maybe later after you've listened to the podcast, um, just naming all of the emotions you can think of. Okay. So happy, sad, angry, uh, relaxed, peaceful, resilient, uh, deep, con uh, contemplative, uh, <laughs> surprised, shocked, um, frustrated, jealous, envious, uh, <laughs> horny, definitely an emotional state. Um, ooh, pleasurable, pleasured, pleasured, yeah. Hmm. Content, ecstatic. Okay, so that's off the top of my head. And grieving and more, more are coming in, right? More could continue to come in. What I'm, the, the point that I'm getting at is that there are, there are, I, I mean, I, conservatively, I'm going to say there are at least like two dozen emotions um, that we could name and and group and we could parse apart as different from each other and that all are a part of the human experience. Um, so I would highly encourage you to, to notice that about yourself, what your vocabulary, vocabulary looks like as far as emotional words. Um, 
and and to have a if if this is new for you have a list like find a list somewhere online whatever like i i've seen like emotion wheels uh where it it organizes the emotions in a way that indicates like a relationship between them and start proliferating your mind with tools so that you can be more self-aware um of, of your emotional state uh, that's it's one of the one of the first steps if we don't have the words we can still move through and words precise words very helpful very very helpful okay so i've named my emotion what what next i notice okay for example i'm feeling frustrated where am i noticing that in my body um, and that is where I would suggest that, that that's ultimately where we're wanting to understand and discern the emotion is in the body. Uh, if, if you don't have a lot of practice with body awareness, starting with the mind might be, might be necessary, at least easier. So noticing what thought patterns come up with certain emotions, noticing what uh, seems to be associated with certain emotions as far as thoughts, environmental factors, people, places, things. Uh, and gradually learning to notice the sensations in the body that are associated with various emotional states. Because that seems to be one of the most direct ways that we can learn about these frequencies that we are holding on to that are 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 disharmonious with what we want with how we are what we desire and that makes sense right so if you picture like uh like a boom box right you can like feel the boombox. You can feel the vibration from the boombox. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you're your own boombox and I want you to go feel the vibration in your body. Uh, and an emotional charge is, I, oh gosh, I mean, it's, it's a crucial, not the only way, but, but one of the most potent ways in which uh, vehicles for that vibration to be expressed. So noticing in the body, um, in, in my history and experience, a lot of my emotional energy seems to be stored in my belly and my head and my jaw. A lot of that, a lot of that has been released over the years. Uh, now I find myself bringing more attention to my heart, to my hips, my pelvis, pelvic floor, my womb to my feet and my hands, certainly. So when I'm feeling emotional charge, and to clarify, emotional charge is not a bad thing by any means. It's, 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 a, it's a beautiful part of human life. Uh, certainly we wouldn't want to be without emotional charge or we wouldn't experience passion, joy, creativity, pleasure. Uh, all of those have their own emotional charges. What's different about them is that they are harmonious in nature. Um, 
quite literally, they're harmonious in and with nature. So this is all about a process of going back to our instincts, embracing our divinity through the body. Instead of rejecting the body and, and pushing the body away as something that is, that is ungodly, um, this, is, this is retraining that so that we can more fully integrate our, our physical experience with our metaphysical experience. And sometimes when we're noticing emotional charge, it might not be localized to one part of the body. So sometimes I can feel, for example, energy that seems to be uh, sitting on top of my skin. And it's more like this halo feel, although that and, and that can feel various ways. Um, so however it is for you is perfect. I want you to notice exactly how it is for you. Take what you can from me and leave the rest because how it is for you, that is your that is your vehicle to knowing. You can't know through anyone else's experience. We can we can be led deeper into our own experience through the influence of others, but we cannot know through anyone else's experience. A, a heads up because I have a lot of love and and don't really know who will listen to this uh, and when that this this kind of work can be can be and and at some point is will be extremely challenging uh, the process of uh, this this kind of work, this kind of somatic work can um, can bring us closer to micro and macro traumas that we've experienced. It can amplify feelings of feeling out of control. I'm at the point now where, for the most part, I can guide myself through these exercises, through the process of noticing my emotions. I have, and I would attribute that to having developed uh, my muscles of self-compassion and curiosity and joy and trust, big one, trust, self-love, all of these things. Uh, I, have, I have invested so much in building up those muscles that even in the, the darkest of the dark, I have at least some awareness of who I am, regardless of what I'm moving through. I'm able to bring that kind of light with me wherever I go. I, ha I have yet to, I have yet for that, for that to fail me. And I still reach extremities of my old self, of my, my edges, these parts that I'm reprogramming, where, in, where I, I say, whoa, like that, that feels really heavy. That feels really messy. Like, it's, it's, maybe I could, maybe I could figure it out with and by myself. And I would, I would rather do that with someone else. 
So all of this is to say that to the extent that you want help, go get yourself some help. Seriously, like this work is rough. <laughs> At times, it's super rewarding, best ROI I have ever found in my life for my time, and it is rough. Sometimes. As we are learning to harmonize with new, well, not new per se, but, but truer, truer emotions <laughs> to greater degrees, as we are learning to create more harmonious frequency to balance uh, that which has been incoherent or dissonant, maybe absent. As we are learning to harmonize ourselves, it is helpful to have the frequencies that we are wanting to harmonize to in us, yes, to the degree that we can hold them, and around us. So when considering who I might want to sit with me as I'm, for example, processing anger around uh, a specific situation and getting to the other side of that, I, I'm, I'm going to be discerning about who I ask to sit with me because I want to choose someone who has already harmonized with what is on the other side of anger to a greater degree than I have. Because as I'm processing, if I'm sitting with someone who has not harmonized with that more refined emotional frequency, they will they will be triggered by by my anger coming out and and taking form and shifting and moving and transmuting the other person's going to be triggered they're going to react that interferes with the space uh and the anger is going to say fuck you i'm going back in and i'm gonna stay here okay so as we're as we're shifting it's 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 crucial in my experience to be aware of what it is, what harmonies are around us that are influencing us and, and certainly the harmonies of any individuals or activities or substances, psychedelics, for example, that we're using in order to um, be more present with and allow for more movement in our experience. As we're noticing emotional charge in our body, we can notice a, a variety of attributes about the emotional charge. So as I mentioned before, intensity, speed of the, vi speed of the vibration, um, temperature. We might notice things like color. We might even notice shapes. We might notice images. There might be symbols that come to mind. Um, if, if you're someone who's uh, real into nature, if you enjoy like animal totems, I've noticed for myself that I more, that they're it's not uncommon for me to, to notice and associate certain animal totems with certain emotions. 
certain aspects of myself. And all of that, however it is for you, is perfect. Even if you don't notice anything, it's perfect. <laughs> we, we, most of us have spent the majority of our lives, including me, numbing, 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 and then erupting because we're numb <laughs> and, and, and those emotions want to move. So they will, they're going to find a way to move. We can either create safe space for them to move through and, uh, and then, and then integrate a new way of being, or, uh, you know, we can, we can continue to numb and explode. You know, that's, that's, it's your choice. Whatever you want. <laughs> oh, I lost track of where I was going with that. Whatever is noticed, I invite you to meet it with as much love and compassion as you as you can which is why it it's important to have a, a continuous practice of increasing those muscles of self-compassion and self-love is so that as as we get deeper into the nitty-gritty of our energetic experience of our of our physical body yes and also our energy bodies that we can meet each aspect fully and trust, uh, learn to trust what it is that we're meeting from a place of trusting in ourselves and trusting in ourselves to facilitate the transmutation, the alchemical transmutation of that energy. There is a incredibly lovely poem. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, it's often attributed to Rumi, although I don't think it was actually Rumi who wrote it. Uh, I believe it's called The Guest House, or it may just be Guest House. And the first few lines are something to the effect of this being human is a guest house. Each morning, a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness. Ah, I, I want to do more, but it, I just, the, the words aren't there. And I, 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 I it's too good. Y'all look it up. It's so good. I don't want to butcher it. And the whole idea, though, is that our human experience is a place, okay, we can think of it as operating like a guest house. So there are going to be guests that come to our awareness to, to, to be here with us. So emotions, thoughts, uh, physical sensations. And it is harmonious. It's in our favor. It's been in my favor to, to welcome them in, to give them a room, to maybe sit with them and talk and get to know them. Maybe to set a boundary and tell them they need to go back in their room for a while until we have the resources to provide for them in a way that's more full and more open.
a mentor some years ago offered me the metaphor of plunging a knife into an orange and asked me if I stab this orange with this knife, is it the knife's fault that juice comes out of the orange? And I grappled with that a little bit and eventually I, I told him no. It's not, it's not the knife's fault, that's the nature of the orange. And I, I'm going to, to pose that the same thing is true in our relationships, that no one can trigger anything from us that's not already there. So the, this idea, you know, we so often give away responsibility for ourselves in many ways, uh, certainly in our language and, and thoughts around our emotions. Uh, he made me feel that way, or she made me feel that way, they made me feel that way. Or, they made me feel that way, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever emotion that, you know, that, that you don't want to take responsibility for. No, no one made me feel that way. No one made you feel that way. Those emotions came out of you because they are stored in your body and you have not found harmony with them. Or the, the emotions are stored in my body and I have not found deeper harmony with them. And this process of noticing and and harmonizing, dispelling, letting go of, in, in all the ways that are appropriate to facilitate what we want, what we desire, um, emotional charge, noticing and, and finding harmony with emotional charge, is getting directly to the source of being at peace with ourselves, of, of loving all of ourselves, not only our individual self, but also the single system that we are all a part of. So that when I show up in life, I've, I've found peace with my sadness. I've found peace with my anger. I found peace with my judgment. And so when I meet those aspects in other humans or in uh, or in a worldview, or in in nature, and in, in the various ways that these experiences can be reflected back to me, I can also find peace with those expressions of those emotions. I can learn to respond to them without reacting. I can learn to respond from a place of deep peace and deep joy with the awareness that I am creating my reality and so is everyone else. And the more that we, the more individuals that can harness that awareness and actualize it, so not just being aware, I, there, uh, a, a professor for my this holistic healthcare grad program I'm in uh, makes the comment often that um, knowing about something to the effect of knowing about quantum physics is one thing, how you respond to it, like as in how you integrate it into your life is, is a totally other different thing. And the more of us that that really harness this, these ideas of self-actualization and, and choice, free will, autonomy, sovereignty, 
in order to create a life that we desire, a life that's pleasurable and joyful and loving and, and provides connection, nurturing, stimulation, fun, play, the more we will shift the collective experience, the collective truth, the collective perspective, the, the human collective perspective, the, the global collective perspective, the more we will shift the big, the big I, um, we can even expand it out into the cosmos, the more we will shift the frequency of these larger aspects of self. So I invite you to get to know your emotions, to practice noticing emotional charge, practice noticing the nuances of the different waves of, of frequency and vibration that you feel as a human, and to start to notice the effect that you're having on yourself first and, and the world. And while this can be so difficult because so many of us have, have behaved in ways, are behaving in ways that have brought sadness, have brought anger, have brought resentment, have, it, have invited in judgment first of ourselves and then projected onto others. And so it, it's challenging to face those things. It's, it's hard. It's hard to be like, whoa, like I, I've, been, I've been really out of line in that way with how I've been living life. And the more that we move through with it, with an honest, empowered humility, the more we can let go of those frequencies and embrace more fully unconditional love, peace, acceptance, joy, and teach those things and project those things and pass those things down to our children. you for joining me for this this episode and I'll be back soon until then uh, I'll keep being more rosy and I, I fervently hope that you keep being more you